It's Thursday at 3 o'clock, and you are listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. Your calls are welcome at 334-844-9345 or 334-844-WEAGLE, and you can also find me on Instagram at Lock. Let's climb into the nest. Welcome into the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. It has been a while since I've spoken with you, and it is great to be back. A lot has gone down in the world of sports recently, and I look forward to breaking it all down for you over the next hour. To get started today, we're going to talk about college basketball. It was a pretty fun week last week. It was a good Thanksgiving break, getting to watch all the fun games that went down. Um, As we all know, Auburn traveled down to the Bahamas and had a pretty good showing in the battle for Atlantis. They had the tough double overtime loss to UConn in the, I believe it was their second game. No, I think it was their first game. My bad. But, you know, they played great. They showed a lot of fight. They made me really proud to be a fan of them. And the games against Loyola Chicago and the game against Syracuse especially, they just looked like world beaters out there. I think that we have a really special squad this year down on the Plains. I look forward to continuing to watch them throughout the year. We'll talk about more about Auburn later in the segment, but we're just going to kind of break through and talk about other games that have gone on in the past week that stuck out to me. So Saturday night, I was um, following this one, not in my best mood after the Iron Bowl, but UCLA beat University of Nevada at Las Vegas 73-71. BYU beat Utah 75-64. Let's see what else we got here. Saturday was a pretty good day. It was for college basketball. It was entertaining. So this is one that you will not hear talk about many places, but it was really funny to watch. I was watching the highlights of it. It was Cincinnati versus Monmouth. Cincinnati lost this game 61-59, but you know, it was just very interesting. I enjoyed watching that one. I don't know why. I can't explain it. But it was fun. Sunday was a lot more eventful as number four Kansas faced off against Iona, a team that looks to be pretty decent as they were able to knock off the Alabama Crimson Tide last week. Um, Kansas beat Iona 96-83. Villanova faced off against LaSalle. Villanova won that one 72-46. Alabama uh, played off against Miami. They beat them 96-64. Arkansas played Penn, and Arkansas won that one 76-60. Troy, just about an hour and a half down the road, they traveled down to Gainesville to face off against the 23rd-ranked Florida Gators, and they got beat pretty handily, 84-45. And that's about it for the action on Sunday. A lot of teams in action, not a lot of exciting ones, however. On Monday, number three, Gonzaga hosted Tarleton, and Gonzaga didn't look amazing in this one. They only won 64-55, to but a win is a win, and all that matters is they were able to get it done. Number seven, Texas hosted Sam Houston. They beat them 73-57. to Central Michigan went over to Rupp to play against the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Kentucky got it done 85-57. to the Wildcats seem to be back after kind of not being their normal self for a few years. So, love them or hate them, it's interesting to see Kentucky back. And probably one of the biggest college basketball upsets so far this year, if not the biggest, maybe even of the past few years, the unranked Ohio State Buckeyes hosted the top-ranked Duke Blue Devils. This game was in Columbus. Um and Ohio State was able to beat Duke 71-66. to I bet that was an unreal atmosphere. Um, it was a lot of fun watching that game. I was actually at the Auburn women's basketball game, but I was following along closely on my phone, and, yeah, I, I kind of – I wish I'd watched that one in person, but it was, it was a lot of fun to see. 
the second-ranked Purdue Boilermakers hosted the Florida State Seminoles as in their um, ACC Big Ten game. Purdue was able to get that win pretty easily, winning 93-65. The 13th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers hosted Presbyterian and beat them 86-44. The Georgetown Hoyas hosted Longwood and only won 91-83. That's a program that has kind of fallen off the rails a little bit and trying to get back. It'll be interesting to see if we can get back to the Georgetown Hoyas at the early 2010s that were running all over college basketball times. The Indiana Hoosiers, a team that I have a great deal of love and respect for, uh, as part of their ACC Big Ten game, they went up to Syracuse, New York, to face off against the Orange, where they would lose in a really, really just tough double overtime game. The final score was 112-110 Syracuse, but Indiana was down a good deal at this point, right or in this game, about right before the half. So I'm proud of the fight they showed. I think that that's a good team. And I really think that that's a tournament team this year, even in this tough Big Ten. A lot more basketball action last night as the fifth-ranked UCLA Bruins hosted Colorado Buffaloes, picking up that 73-61 win. Number six, Villanova, faced off against Penn. Villanova was able to win that one 71-56. Arkansas hosted Central Arkansas. Arkansas was able to get the win 97-60. Number 12, BYU faced off against Utah Valley, and Utah Valley was able to pull the big upset 72-65 in overtime. Number 14, Florida faced off against the Oklahoma Sooners and got beat 74-67. Another huge upset here, the unranked Georgia Bulldogs, coached by none other than Tom Crean, hosted the 18th-ranked Memphis... Memphis Tigers. I'm so sorry. I don't know why that just blanked on me. But UGA was able to get that win 82-79. to That was crazy to see. Number 20, USC, host, or, yeah, hosted Utah, and they would win that one pretty handily, 93-73. to Auburn hosted UCF last night. They looked awesome, winning 85-68. to Number 22, Michigan State versus Louisville. Michigan State won this one 73-64. It's really weird to see Louisville unranked. Pretty much throughout my time following college basketball, Louisville's always been one of the top teams, but not this year. Number 23, Wisconsin, headed down to Atlanta to face off against Georgia Tech, and Wisconsin would come home with a win, 70-66. The 24th-ranked Michigan Wolverines traveled to Chapel Hill to take on the... North Carolina Tar Heels, and UNC picked up the 72-51 win. I was very impressed. It definitely does not look like they are showing any signs of giving up this year, despite the rough start, which is always good to see. I love, I love that program. They're very competitive there, and it's always a fun, it's always a fun time to watch UNC play basketball. Tonight we've got some good games as. Lipscomb and Belmont up in Nashville. I'm going to watch that on ESPN+. Plus. Those are two group of five programs that are definitely capable of making the tournament, and I'll enjoy watching them play. Same thing with uh, Liberty's hosting Missouri. Liberty's got also got a decent basketball program in addition to their football program. They are a team that is capable of making the tournament, so I will look forward to watching them play. Notre Dame at Boston College. Tickets as low as $2 if you are so inclined. Otherwise, you can watch this one on the ACC Network. I'm probably going to check it out. Um, this is tomorrow night, and that'll be fun. Number 8, Kansas, is on the road at St. John's in Elmont, New York. I'm looking forward to this one. Always a good time to see Kansas play against one of these Northeast schools that just they have fun with their basketball, and they love it, and they Love what they do, so I'll definitely check that one out. On Sunday, oh, excuse me, Saturday, number six, Villanova is hosting St. Joseph's. Number 18, Memphis is traveling to Oxford, face off against the Ole Miss Rebels. Memphis will probably win this one, but after the George game, there's just no way to know. Number 25, Seton Hall is hosting Nyack College. 
Indiana is hosting Nebraska. That'll be a fun one. I'm definitely going to check that one out. Number 23, Wisconsin is hosting Marquette. Number 24, Michigan is hosting San Diego State. Auburn is hosting Yale. If you're an Auburn student who's going to be in town, please come out for it. And Tennessee is going on the road to face off against Colorado. And that's an interesting one. I um, If I was a Volunteers fan, I definitely would have considered making that trip. So talking about Auburn a little bit. Um, so since the last time I've spoken with you, Auburn faced off against the University of South Florida. They picked up that win 58-52. to They faced off against three opponents in the battle for Atlantis. The first game was against the 22nd-ranked UConn Huskies. Auburn was not able to pull this one off. They lost 115-109 in double overtime. However, Auburn showed that no matter how bleak it looks, they will not stop fighting. And I'm proud of Auburn. I'm proud of the way they played. And they definitely didn't dwell on it for long. As the next game out, they faced off against Loyola Chicago, and they won that one 62-53. Jabari Smith had 14 points and shot 7-9 for the field. Auburn had a 43.6 field goal percentage as a whole, a 27.8 um, three-point percentage, 13 turnovers, 36 rebounds. And that one wasn't their best day, but... They were able to outpower Ramblers. In the last game of that event, they faced off against the Syracuse Orange. They picked up this win, 89-68. to Your leader in points for Auburn was Jabari Smith with 22. Your rebound leader was Jalen Williams with 7. And your leader in assists was Wendell Green Jr. with 7. This is another one. Auburn dominated just about every category except turnovers. Auburn shot 50.7 from the field. Syracuse shot 41.7 from the field. Auburn's three-point percentage was an even 40, while Syracuse's was a 36.8. Syracuse had 15 turnovers. Auburn had seven. And, oh, excuse me, Auburn did win that. And rebounds, Auburn out-rebounded Syracuse 38-28. So kind of some of our, for Auburn, our top players at this point through the year, Obviously, I mean, Jabari Smith is their leader in points. He is averaging 16.9 per game in rebounds. Walker Kessler averaging 7.7 averaging per game and assists. Wendell Green Jr. averaging 4.1 per game. And steals, Katie Johnson averaging an even 3 per game. And in blocks, Walker Kessler once again averaging 3.3 per game. And these guys are just so much fun to watch. It's, it's already been a fun year. We've got a lot of basketball left to go, and I, I'm having a great time with it. And it's it's been awesome. It's been great to be back in the jungle. As a freshman, I wasn't here for the miraculous 2019 Final Four run, but I've heard some experts say that this is a team that could definitely replicate that, and I really hope that happens. And I, I think it would just be awesome to be here for something like that. Devin Cambridge has been great for Auburn this year on the three-point line, and he was a big part of the team last year, him and Alan Flanagan. I can't imagine how good this team is going to look once Flan comes back, which I've heard is supposed to be mid-December, so that's coming up. So I really hope that he gets back out there soon, and it'll be really fun to watch this team play. It already is, but it'll only get better. And I'm just really, really looking forward to what is ahead for Auburn basketball. That's going to do it for college basketball talk here today. When we come back, we've got NHL and we've got NBA. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn's home for student-run radio. We will be right back. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Before the break, we talked about college basketball. If you missed that and want to hear it, the podcast version of today's show will be up shortly after we get out of here today. So now we're going to move into two things I love very much, the NHL and the NBA. Both have had a lot going on recently. 
I really look forward to talking about them and getting into them. So here we go. So this weekend had a lot of great NHL action. I'm just going to start from last Friday, and we'll move into all the way up into what's going on this weekend. Then we'll break down some stats. So on Friday, last Friday, my beloved Boston Bruins faced off against the New York Rangers. They lost 5-2. The Philadelphia Flyers hosted the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina won 66-3. The St. Louis Blues went over to Chicago to face off against the Blackhawks, where they would not win. They would lose 3-2 in overtime. The Winnipeg Jets traveled to Minnesota to face off against the Wild. And they got absolutely walloped, losing that one 7-1. The Ottawa Senators traveled down to California to face off against the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim picked up the 4-0 win. The Florida Panthers traveled to the nation's capital to take on the Capitals, where Washington would pick up the 4-3 win. The New Jersey Devils traveled down south to face off against the Nashville Predators. Nashville won 4-2. The Buffalo Sabres hosted the Montreal Canadiens, and they won 4-1. The Seattle Kraken traveled to face off against the defending two-time Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Unfortunately, they did not pick up the win as they lost 3-0. The Columbus Blue Jackets hosted the Vancouver Canucks, and Columbus was able to win 4-2. The New York Islanders hosted the Pittsburgh Penguins and lost 1-0. The Colorado Avalanche faced off against the Dallas Stars. Dallas was able to pick up the 3-1 win. And to close out last Friday, the San Jose Sharks hosted the Toronto Maple Leafs. And unfortunately, Toronto won 4-1. So moving into Saturday, Seattle had another game against the Florida team as they traveled to face off against the Panthers. They would pick up the win there, 4-1. The Buffalo Sabres traveled over to Detroit where they would lose to the Red Wings 3-2 in overtime. Montreal traveled to Pittsburgh, where they would pick up a 6-3 win. The Vegas Golden Knights hosted the Edmonton Oilers, as Edmonton won 3-2. The Los Angeles Kings hosted the Ottawa Senators. The Kings won 4-2. The St. Louis Blues hosted the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Blues were able to pick up the 6-3 win. The Arizona Coyotes hosted the Dallas Stars. Dallas won 3-2. Colorado hosted Nashville. Colorado won 6-2. And to close out Saturday, the Winnipeg Jets traveled to Calgary to take on the Flames, who would beat them, or where they would pick up a 4-2 win. On Sunday, the Carolina Hurricanes hosted the Washington Capitals. They lost 4-2. Tampa Bay traveled to Minnesota, where they would also lose 4-2. The game against the Islanders and the Rangers was postponed for a later date. The Bruins hosted the Vancouver Canucks, where they would win 3-2. The Philadelphia Flyers faced off against the New Jersey Devils, where the Devils won that one 5-2. San Jose Sharks at Chicago Blackhawks. San Jose picks up the 2-0 win. Toronto at Anaheim. Toronto picks up another big win, 5-1. Moving into Monday... Seattle faced off against Buffalo. Seattle picked up a 7-4 win. Vancouver faced off against Montreal. Vancouver won 2-1. Arizona went to Winnipeg, where they would pick up a 1-0 win. And Pittsburgh traveled to Calgary, where they would lose 2-1 by way of shootout. Moving into Thursday, Detroit faced off against Boston, and they were able to win 2-1. Washington faced off against Florida, where they would lose 5-4. San Jose faced off against New Jersey, where they would pick up a 5-2 win. Uh, Another Islanders game, they were supposed to play the Flyers, was postponed due to their COVID outbreak. The Tampa Bay Lightning faced off against the St. Louis Blues. St. Louis won 4-3 by way of shootout. The Columbus Blue Jackets faced off against the Nashville Predators, where Nashville picked up the 6-0 win. Arizona and Minnesota faced off. Minnesota beat them 5-2. Carolina traveled down to Dallas where they would lose 4-1. And Anaheim traveled over to L.A. to face off against in-state rival L.A. Kings where they would pick up a 5-4 win in a shootout. So last night, 
Philadelphia traveled to New York to take a 4-1 to loss at the hands of the Rangers. The Colorado Avalanche traveled to Toronto, where unfortunately the Maple Leafs beat them 8-3. If I seem biased against the Maple Leafs, it's because I am. I'm not even going to try to hide it. The Vancouver Canucks faced off against the Ottawa Senators, where Vancouver wins 6-2. Seattle faced off against Detroit, and they got beat 4-3 by way of shootout. Edmonton hosted Pittsburgh and beat them 5-2. And the last matchup from last night, the Anaheim Ducks hosted the Vegas Golden Knights and took a 6-5 loss. So tonight, there's a lot of good NHL on. You can catch every single one of these games on ESPN+. The Colorado Avalanche face off against the Montreal Canadiens. The St. Louis Blues travel down south to face off against two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. The Buffalo Sabres also going down south of Florida to face off against the Florida Panthers. The Chicago Blackhawks are facing off against the Washington Capitals. Ottawa Senators are traveling over to Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina to face off against the Hurricanes. The San Jose Sharks are traveling to New York to face off against the Islanders. The Islanders are finally ready to go after having to miss two games due to COVID-related issues. The Boston Bruins traveling down south to face off against the Nashville Predators. I thought long and hard about going to see this game in person, but it is finals week. I'm going to be a responsible student and study. The New Jersey Devils face off against the Minnesota Wild. And Columbus faces off against Dallas. And then the last game for tonight, the Calgary Flames are traveling to L.A. to face off against the Kings. And that is the last bit of NHL action tonight. So now just get into some NHL stats real quick before we move into the NBA segment. Your leader in points is Leon Drasalti of the Edmonton Oilers. Your leader in goals is same guy, Leandro Salti. Uh, he has 41 points and 20 assists. Excuse me, 41 points, which means 20 goals and 21 assists. Sorry. And your plus-minus leader is Nick Jensen with a plus-minus of 21. Some goaltending leaders, goals against average, Jack Campbell of the Toronto Maple Leafs has a 1.72 goal against average. Your leader in save percentage is also Jack Campbell of the Maple Leafs with .943. And your leader in wins, you guessed it, Jack Campbell with 13. So now to move into the NBA portion of this segment. We're kind of going to start last weekend, give some scores, give some stats, and I will also give some predictions on what's happening this weekend. I'm not going to highlight every game like I did the NHL. I'm just going to kind of talk about the ones that stuck out to me starting last Saturday and moving through this Sunday. So Minnesota faced off against the 76ers in Philly. This was a classic Philly picked, or no, excuse me, Minnesota picked up the 121, the 120 win in two overtimes. The Miami Heat faced off against the Chicago Bulls in Chicago. They would win that one 107-104. In a high, high scoring affair, the Houston Rockets were able to knock off the Charlotte Hornets at home 146-143 in overtime. Moving into Sunday... The Golden State Warriors faced off against the L.A. Clippers, and they won 105-90. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the Pacers 118-100. My Boston Celtics knocked off the Toronto Raptors 109-97. And the Memphis Grizzlies knocked off the Sacramento Kings 128-101. And last game, the Los Angeles Lakers knocked off the Detroit the Detroit Pistons, excuse me. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. But they beat them 110 to 106. Moving into Monday, we had some great games as the Minnesota Timberwolves knocked off the Indiana Pacers 198 at home. Moving into Tuesday, an all New York matchup between the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn won 112 to 110. It was very competitive and just very fun to watch. Toronto beat or er, Memphis beat Toronto on the road 98 to 91. 
This one was very fun to watch, very back and forth, but Memphis pulled away within the last couple minutes of the game. Moving into Wednesday, the Atlanta Hawks beat the Indiana Pacers 114-111. The Orlando Magic beat the Denver Nuggets 108-103 at home. The Washington Wizards beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 115-107. My Celtics beat the 76ers 88-87 at home. And Milwaukee was able to win a close thriller over the Charlotte Hornets 127-125. This was last night. I was watching some of the highlights after I got back to my apartment after the Auburn game. The um, LaMelo Ball and Giannis Antetokounmpo jersey swap was really cool to see. Oklahoma City lost to Houston at home 114 to 10 and Sacramento lost to the Clippers. Excuse me, they beat the Clippers 124 to 115. Some good NBA action tonight and tomorrow. Tonight the Bulls face off against the Knicks, the Bucks face off against the Raptors, the Thunder face off against the Grizzlies, the Pistons face off against Phoenix, San Antonio faces off against Portland. And then tomorrow night, Miami faces off against Indiana, Cleveland at Washington, Philadelphia at Atlanta, Minnesota at Brooklyn, Orlando at Houston, New Orleans at Dallas, Boston at Utah, Phoenix at Golden State, and L.A. at Los Angeles. The two ESPN games are Philadelphia at Atlanta and Phoenix at Golden State. I'm not sure why they didn't go with Clippers-Lakers for one of those, but, you know, it is what it is. So now some NBA stats at this point in the year. Your leader, your leaders in points are Kevin Durant with 28.5, Steph Curry with 27.8, Giannis Antetokounmpo with 27.6, Trey Young with 26.3, DeMar DeRozan with 25.9, and your leader in rebounds, Rudy Gobert with 14.5, Nikola Jokic at 13.8, Clint Capella at 12.5, Jonas Valanciunas at 12.1, and DeMontes Sabonis at 11.9. That is going to do it for the NHL and NBA portion of today's show. When we come back, we've got NFL Weeks 12 and 13 on tap. You're listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Keep it here. Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Before we took a break, we broke down everything that has been going on in the NHL and the NBA over the past few weeks. That will be on the podcast version of today's show, which will be up shortly after we get out of here. Now it is time to get into the NFL. So, we'll be recapping weeks 12 and pre Pre-capping, previewing week 13. So week 12 got off to a rough start for me, definitely. But um, on Thanksgiving Day, the Bears beat the Lions 16-14 to keep them winless. It's really sad to watch the Lions lose on Thanksgiving, but we see it all too often. The Raiders knocked off the Cowboys 36-33. to and by far the most painful game of that trio on Thursday Night Football, my beloved New Orleans Saints hosted the Buffalo Bills. Um, the Bills would go home with a 31-6 to win. Um, Josh Allen went 23 of 28 for 260 yards, four touchdowns. Devin Singletary had 44 yards off of 15 carries. And Stephon Diggs, man, he is just a real Saints killer, I'll tell you that. He had 74 yards off of seven catches with one touchdown. It was really cool to see Drew Brees honored at halftime, but that is about the extent of what I liked about this game. Moving into Sunday, the Bengals were able to knock off the Steelers 41-10. Ben Roethlisberger went 24 of 41 for 263 yards and one touchdown. Joe Mixon had 165 yards off of two off of um 28 carries, also at two touchdowns. And T. Higgins had 114 yards off of six catches, good for one touchdown. 
The Buccaneers beat the Indianapolis Colts on the road in a close one, 38-31. Carson Wentz of the Colts went 27-44 of for 306 yards and three touchdowns. Leonard Fournette of the Buccaneers had 100 yards off of 17 carries, good for three touchdowns. And Rob Gronkowski of the Buccaneers had 123 yards off of seven catches. The Miami Dolphins gave the Carolina Panthers a pretty good whooping as they were able to win that one, 33-10. Tua Tungvaloa had 230 yards and one touchdown off of um, 20, a 21, uh, excuse me, a 27 of 31 completion percentage. Gaskin of the Dolphins had 49 yards and two touchdowns off of 16 carries. And Jalen Waddle, a guy who Tua Tungvaloa knows pretty well, had 137 yards and one touchdown off of nine catches. The Tennessee Titans traveled to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots, um, who would beat them 36-13. Mac Jones only strengthened his offensive rookie of the year numbers as he went 23 of 32 for 310 yards and two touchdowns. Derek Hillard of Tennessee had 131 yards and one touchdown off of 12 carries. And Jordan Myers was the leading receiver as he had 98 yards off of five catches for the Patriots. The Philadelphia Eagles got bested by the New York Giants 13-7. Daniel Jones went 19-30 of for 202 yards and one touchdown. Jalen Hurts had 77 yards off of eight carries. I always love when you see a quarterback as a team's leading rusher. And Ken Galladay of the New York Giants had 50 yards off of three catches. The Atlanta Falcons would snap their skid against the Jaguars as they won 21-14. Trevor Lawrence of the Jaguars went 23-42 of for 228 yards and one touchdown. Cordell Patterson of the Falcons had 108 yards and two touchdowns off of 16 carries. And Russell Gage for the Falcons had 62 yards and one touchdown off of six catches. The Jets faced off against the Houston Texans. They would win 21-14. Tyron Taylor of the Texans went 17-26 of for 158 yards and two touchdowns. Coleman of the Jets had 67 yards off of 16 carries. And Berrios of the Jets had 47 yards off of two catches. The Broncos hosted the Chargers, and they won 28-13. Justin Herbert of the Chargers went 28-44 of for 303 yards and two touchdowns. Melvin Gordon, third, one of my favorite players, had 83 yards off of 17 carries. And Keenan Allen for the Chargers had 85 yards off of seven catches. The Green Bay Packers hosted the L.A. Rams. It was a rematch of one of the divisional round games from last year. Uh, Green Bay was able to pull off the 38-26 win. Aaron Rodgers went 28-45 for 307 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Dylan had 69 yards off of 20 carries, and Devontae Adams had 104 yards off of eight catches. The 49ers hosted the Vikings and won 34-26. Kurt Cousins of Minnesota went 20 of 32 for 238 yards and two touchdowns. Evan Mitchell of the 49ers had 133 yards and one touchdown off of 27 carries. And Ben Aluk of the 49ers had 91 yards off of three catches. The Ravens hosted the Browns, winning that one 16-10, and it was in overtime. Oh, excuse me, it was not in overtime. Sorry, I don't I don't know where I saw that, but I'm thinking about a different game. Baker Mayfield went 18 of 37 for 247 yards and one touchdown. Lamar Jackson of the Ravens was the game's leading rusher, picking up 68 yards off of 17 carries. And Jarvis Landry for the Browns was the leading receiver, going for 111 yards off of six catches. And on Monday Night Football, the Washington football team hosted the Seattle Seahawks. They won this one 17 to 15. It was the third win in a row for the football team. Uh, Russell Wilson of the Seahawks went 20 of 31 for 247 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Gibson of the football team had 111 yards off of 29 carries. 
and Tyler Lockett was the game's leading receiver, picking up 96 yards off of three catches. So now we are going to move into some Week 13 action. Give me just one second while I pull everything up here. And we are good to go. So starting off the tonight, my New Orleans Saints host the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys are the favorite. ESPN's FPI predictor is giving them a 54.6% chance to win. I like those odds as a Saints fan. You know, Dallas is a six-point favorite. Um, we're still without Kamara, and we're still without Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek. So, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, we'll definitely have to run to the right side, but we do have Mark Ingram for this game. Um, Taysom Hill's back. He's the projected starter. So I think the Saints can get it done, but they're going to have to play good football. On Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers face off against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Buccaneers are a sizable favorite. I don't see them losing that one. The Arizona Cardinals are facing off against the Chicago Bears. Once again, we have a road team as a sizable favorite, and I think that Arizona will get the win. So here we are, Bengals at Char Bengals hosting the Chargers. This is the first time in Week 13 that at this point the home team is favored to win. Um, ESPN's FPI is giving the Bengals a 54.3% chance. This spread is three in favor of the Bengals. I think it'll be a close game, but I like that pick. I think the Bengals are going to pull it out. The Minnesota Vikings are traveling to Detroit and Ford Field to take on the Detroit Lions, who are 0-10-1 on the year. Um, the FBI is giving them a 31.9% chance to win. I don't see it. Um, I really hope that this Detroit team can pick up a win somewhere this year. However, I don't think that it'll be this week. Jared Goff has not played terrible football this year. On this season, he's 20, 241 of 358 for 2,280 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 6 interceptions. Those aren't the worst numbers I've ever seen, but they definitely need to get better if he wants to lead Detroit to a win this year. The Houston Texans are hosting the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are, once again, a road team favored to win this one. This is CBS's uh, early window game, so we will all be able to watch this one. And I've got to go with the Colts here. I don't see the Texans getting this one. The New York Giants are traveling down south to Miami to face off against Tua Tungavaloa and Jalen Waddle and the rest of this Dolphins squad. ESPN's FPI is giving the Dolphins a 64% chance to win. This will be an interesting quarterback battle between Daniel Jones and Tua Tungvaloa, two guys who a lot of people still feel like they have a lot to prove. I couldn't agree more, particularly with Tua. There was a lot of hype there that we just haven't seen, but he didn't play a full season last year. He hasn't played one this year yet, so I haven't given up on Tua yet. I don't think many people have, as he has turned in some good performances. Next up, a battle between two pretty less-than-stellar teams as the Philadelphia Eagles face off against the New York Jets. I am personally going to go against the odds here. I'm going to pick the Jets to win in a home game. I, I'm putting my faith in the Jets' faithful to show up. The Las Vegas Raiders are hosting the Washington football team, and I don't think there's much to be said here. I think that given a miracle that the Raiders are going to improve to 7-5 and five after this game. The Jacksonville Jaguars are heading out to SoFi Stadium to face off against the LA Rams. Um, they have a sizable chance to win this one. Trevor Lawrence on the year is going two of 231 of 398 for 2,369 yards with 9 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. On the other side of this quarterback battle, Matt Stafford is going 266 of 400 for 3,316 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. They definitely have the edge in this one, and I would be pretty surprised if they were unable to pull off the win. The 
Pittsburgh Steelers are hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Once again, I don't think there's much to be said. Um, I think that the Ravens are going to win. The Steelers team, let's see. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger's back, so I take that back. I think it will be. I think it'll be close. The spread is four and a half in favor of the Ravens. I do not think that the Ravens cover. The Seattle Seahawks are hosting the San Francisco 49ers. I personally am going with the Seahawks here. Um, the spread is only three in the favor of the 49ers. It's a home game. I think that Seattle will be able to rally together and get it done. So two more games this week. The Sunday night football game is between the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are sizable home favorite. It looks like they've kind of gotten things back going here. Um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs in this one. In our last game of the week, on a thriller on Monday Night Football, the Buffalo Bills will be facing off against New England Patriots. I can't wait to watch this one. Two teams that, the one and two team in the AFC East, both teams are ranked pretty highly in the AFC standings. So I'll definitely look forward to watching this one as this one has pretty major playoff implications that go along with it. The 8-4 and four Patriots against the 7-4 and four Bills. I'm honestly not sure who's going to win. I think that being at home is going to give Buffalo an edge, but it'll be an interesting game nonetheless. That is it for NFL talk for now, but when we come back, football talk will continue with the college side of things. You are listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. We will be right back. Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn's home for student-run radio. Before the break, we talked about the NFL, but now we're going to get into the college side of the football world. So it was a pretty interesting rivalry week. It started off Thanksgiving night with the Egg Bowl, so I figure that is a pretty good place to start. The Ole Miss Rebels traveled to... Starkville to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Ole Miss was able to pull off the 31-21 win. Matt Corral went 26 of 34 for 234 yards. Will Rogers of the other side went 38 of 58 for 336 yards and one touchdown. Ole Miss's rushing attack was pretty good as they had 154 yards as a team. Jerion Early picked up 60 yards off of 16 carries. Snoop Connor picked up 49 yards and two touchdowns off of 13 carries. And, of course, Mr. Matt Corral had 45 yards and one touchdown off of 12 carries. For the rushing attack for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, they had 84 rush yards, which seems like a lot for them. But Jonquavius Marks had 45 yards and one touchdown off of eight carries. Dylan Johnson had 26 yards and five, 26 yards of five carries. JJ Jernigan had nine yards off of two carries, and Will Rogers had four yards off of six carries. So as we keep looking down here, your leading receiver for the Rebels was Dontario Drummond. He picked up 138 yards off of 14 catches. And on the other side, you have Malachi Polk, who had 98 yards off of 10 catches. Very, very good day for offensive attacks on both sides, I feel like. So moving on to Saturday, the number 16 Iowa Hawkeyes traveled out to face off against the unranked Nebraska Cornhuskers. It was a pretty interesting game, as this one definitely had some Big Ten implications for Iowa particularly. But I was able to pull it out and move on. The 25th ranked Arkansas Razorbacks hosted the Missouri Tigers. They were able to win this one 34-17. The Cincinnati Bearcats um, did what they could to strengthen their college football playoff chances as they were able to beat East Carolina 35-13. Desmond Ritter of the Bearcats went 17 of 28 for 301 yards and two touchdowns. Holton Ollers of the East Carolina Pirates went for 228 yards off of a 19 of 38 completions to attempts ratio. 
Jerome Ford picked up 85 yards and a touchdown off of 25 carries. And Keaton Mitchell picked up 55 yards off of 17 carries. Alec Pierce of the Bearcats picked up 136 yards off of 8 carries. And Tyler Sneed picked up 91 yards off of 6 carries. Catches, excuse me. So as we keep things rolling here, the NC State Wolfpack were able to beat the North Carolina Tar Heels 34-30. North Carolina has definitely been underwhelming this year, and this game was no different. Sam Howell went 14 of 26 for 147 yards. Devin Leary went 19 of 30 for 247 yards. Just This one didn't really do it for me. It was kind of boring, and yeah. Georgia, Georgia thrashed Georgia Tech 45 to nothing. Um, no real big surprises there. Wake Forest played Boston College. They were able to win 41 to 10. And one of the best games of the day, probably the best, uh, the Michigan Wolverines got their first win over the Oklahoma, excuse me, the Ohio State Buckeyes, winning this one 42 to 27. It ended an eight-game skid that. Excuse me. It ended an eight-game skid that the Wolverines had against the Buckeyes, and it was a fun one to watch before we had to go line up to get in the Jordan hair. So I guess since I brought it up a second ago, we will talk about it. Our beloved Auburn Tigers did everything they could to win that game against Alabama. They lost 24-22, to but I really don't hold it against them. They did everything they could to win. They made it very hard on Bryce Young and the rest of this Alabama team. T.J. Finley did absolutely everything he could, and I'm proud of him. I'm proud of Auburn. I'm proud of the fight that they showed, and I really think that we're about to see something special here on the Plains with Auburn football. The Penn State Nittany Lions tried to upset the Michigan State Spartans. They did a pretty good job of um, putting their best efforts forth and doing that as they only lost 30-27. to They were a pretty sizable underdog. Sean Clifford went 23 of 34 for 313 yards and three touchdowns. Peyton Thorne for the Spartans went 19 of 30 for 268 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. And the last game that we are going to talk about from rivalry week my man Spencer Sanders had a day against the Oklahoma Sooners as he was able to lead his Oklahoma State Cowboys to a 37-33 victory. He personally went 19-30 of for 214 yards with one touchdown. Caleb Williams on the other side went 20-39 of for 252 yards and three touchdowns. Spencer Sanders also picked up 93 yards and a touchdown off of 16 carries and they looked awesome. It was a it was a pretty good day for the Cowboys as they now get to face off against um let's see. They will be in the Big 12 Championship game and I'm looking forward to seeing that one. So moving on to Conference Championship week. Oklahoma State is taking on Baylor. That one is Saturday morning. Let's see. Oklahoma State is a pretty sizable favorite. It's the fifth team in the country versus the number nine team in the country. If Oklahoma State can pull off this win and either Michigan or Alabama were to lose, or Cincinnati for that matter, I can't imagine them not getting into the playoff at that point. The Oregon Ducks, this one's actually tomorrow night. They face off against the Utah Utes. Uh, Utah is a sizable favorite. Uh, ESPN's FPI is giving them a 61% chance of winning. The spread is in their favor by 2.5. I think it'll be an interesting one for both. This one doesn't really have any major playoff implications, but it'll still be... I've still got my eyes on it. I'm definitely going to watch it tomorrow night because I think it'll be something special. It's going to be exciting. San Diego State is taking on Utah State in the Mountain West Championship game. I don't see how they lose this game, even though there's always that possibility. 
The Louisiana Raging Cajuns will face off against Appalachian State Mountaineers in the Sun Belt Championship game. And I think that App State's the favorite, but I think that ULL is going to pick up the win. Probably the biggest game of the week is the Alabama Crimson Tide facing off against the Georgia Bulldogs in Atlanta at 3 o'clock Central Time on Saturday. Georgia is the 6.5-point favorite. Over-under is 49.5. I'm definitely taking the under on that one. And it says on ESPN's FBI that Georgia has a 66.5% chance to win. But some of Nick Saban's best coaching has been done when he is the underdog, which doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's normally pretty fun to watch. So I'm interested to see how this one goes. The Cincinnati Bearcats are taking on Houston in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. I think that Cincinnati, I think it'll be close in the first half, but I think that Cincinnati should win this one. Number 16, Wake Forest Demon Deacons facing off against the 15th ranked Pitt Panthers. This one is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Pitt is a decent favorite. Um, ESPN's FPI says they have a 61.5% chance of winning. I think it'll be very close. The spread is three in the favor of Pitt. Uh, I think that Wake is going to win as the game is being played in their home, North Carolina. And the last game we will talk about, the Big Ten Championship game between Michigan and Iowa. You'd have to believe that Michigan has to win this game in order to stay in the playoff picture. That will be tough, but I think they can do it for sure. ESPN's FBI is giving them a 76.5% chance of winning. They are an 11-point favorite. So hopefully um, Jim Harbaugh can lead the Wolverines to their first Big Ten championship since he has been there. And that one would be a long time coming for sure. That is about all the time we have today. I'm looking forward to a full weekend of sports Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with more sports action next Thursday at 3 o'clock. Have a great day, and War Eagle. You've been listening to the Eagle's Nest with Daniel Locke on Weagle 91.1 FM. Be sure to tune in next Thursday at 3 o'clock for more sports action on the Plains. As always, if you miss out, you can catch the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at TheDanielLock. Until next time, have a great day and we're equal.